This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 562 of the Good Neighbor Podcast, and today it's Good Neighbors. We have Christine and Juliana Meek. They're with Harmon Meek Gallery. Christine and Juliana, how you doing? Great. Thank you so much for having us on your show. Good to yeah. be here. I'm thrilled to have you. Really looking forward to uh, you guys sharing what you're doing. You've got a few things going on there at the gallery. So let's get the word out and, and get folks into the place there. So let's start with Harmon Meek Gallery. Tell us about it. Sure. This is our 59th season in Naples. So we were actually established in 1964, January of 1964. Um, wow. So it was started by Foster Harmon, was our founder. And he was actually brought down to Naples by a flight junk. Well, his nickname was Junkie Fleischman, but Julius Fleischman, uh, who developed Third Street South. And uh, Julius Fleischman wanted uh, Third Street South to be like Worth Avenue in Palm Beach. So he really wanted a fine art gallery. And so he convinced Foster Harmon to open up a gallery in 1964, a fine art gallery that would bring art from New York City and um, big, you know, bigger cities down to Naples yeah. and uh, work with established artists. And we've stuck with that all these years. Our, our dad joined the gallery under Foster Harmon in 1972. So he was an apprentice right out of college. And... Um, eventually wow. purchased the gallery from Foster Harmon. And now my sister and I are purchasing the gallery from our parents. Uh, Over 10 years. <laughs> on the 50th anniversary of the gallery, we signed a 10-year contract to buy it from our parents. And wow. it's been wonderful. We have relationships with artists that go 40 years oh, yeah. or more. And we have relationships also with clients here that go for decades too. Yeah, so it's really special. And we have multi-generational clients. We have children and grandchildren of clients coming to us. So it's a it's definitely a, a, a family business. I mean, every everything about it is family. Our artists are family, our clients become family. So it's it's right. over it's relationships over the long term. Wow. Wow. That's impressive. Had no idea. <laughs> Jeez. So I uh, I noticed. I mean, obviously the 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 obvious stuff about the gallery and and all that, but the, maybe they're not so obvious for our listeners, which I thought was pretty cool. The appraisal component, you know, the, the you guys will actually look at at works of art and and help with uh, appraising its value and so forth. Is that the case? Well, for our clients, we, we will for only for insurance purposes. We do yeah, that. Yeah. We're not licensed appraisals, but we appraisers, excuse me. But we do, um, uh, you know, refer clients to uh, licensed uh, appraisers for that kind of thing. But yeah. we um, but we do definitely uh, because uh, people might have purchased art from us in the 70s. Uh, they might find out, want to know how much it's worth today. And we do that, but that's not our primary scope. You know, our primary oh, scope no, is no. definitely the, yeah. you know, active sales. But of course we, but we only, uh, like I said, we only do appraisers, appraisals for our, our clients as yeah. a courtesy to them. Yeah. Yeah. Now I just, uh, <laughs> I, and I, I didn't mean to sidetrack you there. I just thought, oh, wow, that that's interesting. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. But it yeah. does come up as a question because yeah. we've been in business so long that paintings right. linger. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about uh, delve into a little bit about what, you know, folks in the uh, Southwest Florida area might use you for or, or, or some of the things that you're doing and offering. 
Sure. Well, we are a, a sales gallery, um, so and we represent about 40 artists. And now we don't actually own the art. And that is a question that comes up a lot. We don't purchase the work. We uh, work on uh, consignment. And so we, we pick up the works from the artists and uh, we do like to uh, go to artists in their studios to pick out the works. And I just got back from that trip with my dad um, just a week ago and it was an eight day trip up to Portland, Maine and back. And wow. we visited 10 of our artists and some of them are states because we've been around a long time. So then we start now we represent the states of artists, but we still visit with the heirs and we visit with our artists. And that's one thing that we really like to do. It's, it's kind of old fashioned to actually go to artist studios. And I asked one of my artists, are we the only gallery that visits you? And she said, yep, because <laughs> I mean, everyone does it by photos today. And we had to do that in 2020 because of the yeah. travel restrictions. But um, we really miss that element of seeing our artists in person. Like I mentioned, relationships are so important to us and building those relationships. So being able to talk to the artist and when you get into the studio, um, you also uh, you, you tend to get works that they might not even show you because maybe they're not think they, they might not think it's so great because, you know, an artist's opinion of their own work is going to be different than our eyes. So, I mean, we're in there. My dad goes through closets. <laughs> he was digging through a closet of one of ours, John Flato, because John Flato said, oh, I have two works for you. He's, he's a very, uh, he's a super realist. So he takes a lot of time with each painting. And so he said, well, I have two paintings for you to, to, to share. And he had them out. And my dad said, well, what else do you have? And my dad was crawling through his closet. And John <laughs> Flato was just laughing like, oh, he, he, John Flato said he wished he had videoed my dad crawling through his closet, digging out paintings because there was there's all sorts. We found five or six more paintings that we loved. Oh, and so and that's what goodness. you get by being in the artist studio. And then on top of that, you get to see the, the artist actually working. Um, so like when I was visiting Hunt Slonum in New York City, he was working away and he has he has about 10 easels going at once. And he, he works at each one at various times. And so uh, during our conversation, which lasted for about an hour, I just stood there while he was working and painting actively painting and we had our whole conversation about the season and we're setting up a, a museum show for him here locally at the children's museum which is uh, going to be called hunts zoo which is very exciting um so uh we were talking about his upcoming uh museum show for him and also our our our, our show for him this season so that's kind of what we do is we bring real art to naples fine art to naples by established artists. We only work with artists who are in museum collections. So they're very serious um, wow. for the long term. And yeah. uh, so we view art in the long run. So that's that's what we are. Wow, Juliana, that's fascinating. Boy, you, you must have so many stories. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. And what I love about what, what, the, what I'm hearing is that you really are, and, and your father and your sister, mm -hmm. I mean, you have an eye for the right art, it's it's really kind of pre-screened and so mm -hmm. that your you know, your clients are really purchasing the cream of the crop. Uh, yes. So, uh, yeah. Funny yeah. people will ask us what our favorite painting is uh, and it's often it's what you're seeing in our gallery. We've, yeah. we've already selected what our favorites are from that artist. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, it's almost like the stories you hear about long ago and and the artists that have since, since passed away. And of course, you know, they, they didn't have a, a 
two pennies to rub together. And then someone goes through their closets like your father mm-hmm. and, and they find the, the masterpiece or masterpieces. Right. And it's like, you know, good news for the artists. You guys are doing it ahead of time so they can, can and survive. And-, and that's what we see is so important. <laughs> and, and what we really missed out on last year with 2020, not being able to do our trip. And mm-hmm. uh, so it was uh, really important that we got back into doing visiting our artists in person. That it's yeah. just so valuable. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump. This is it's fascinating stuff. Thanks for sharing all that. So let's jump on to your journey or both, both your journeys into the business. So so Barb and I, uh, we had a chain of health clubs, three kids, none of them, w- w- no interest whatsoever in going into the family business. And we we eventually sold it and all that. So tell us about your journey and, and how you ended up, uh, you know, following. Yeah, the it definitely there. wasn't um, a given that we were going to take over the business. Um, in fact, just the opposite. Yeah, whenever yeah. whenever an artist or a client would ask our parents, are the girls gonna go into the business? And this is when we were little even. Yeah. Our mom would say, no, they're gonna do whatever they want. And in fact, we were actually encouraged to do anything but art. <laughs> so, wow. but it's funny how it just is in your DNA. We both had other careers and after, um, you know, having successful other careers, we decided we really wanted to come into the business. This mm-hmm. is in our soul. And I mean, certainly mm-hmm. we grew up in it. I mean, the business was a third sibling. It was a part of a table conversation. It was always a part of it. And we were certainly put to work in the gallery. Our very first job was working on the mailing list and we were paid a penny per stamp <laughs> that we were put on. <laughs> so that was our very first job. And then uh, from there, we just, we were always a part of the gallery. And, um, but like I, like my sister said, we were encouraged to study other things. So I studied computers, but you know, back in 1999, um, our gallery was the very first gallery to have a website practically because I was studying computers. And, and so I did a website as a part of a school project, <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know, so the, uh, we've had a web presence since about, I think year 2000. And, um, and so I had, we still kind of had a hand in the gallery, even though we we're doing other things, but I, we took completely opposite. I did computers and I went to law school. And so I was actually recruited by the CIA to be an Intel intelligence analyst. And I was working <laughs> cyber threats. So wow. about as opposite as you can get. And Chris, wow. my sister, Christine was working in nonprofits and fundraising for conservation organizations. Um, so, but you know, as as much as we gained other perspectives and um and we're able to still bring that back uh and i i joke that i interviewed with uh doj fbi dhs cia i've interviewed with all those hard interviewers and my hardest interview was my mom <laughs> she, oh, she was my hardest and she said i don't know what you can bring to the business because she never knew what i did all those years so right. she was like you know you don't have any connection to, to this but you know she I, I tease her that all the time because here you know i guess it's been almost nine years and we're uh running my sister and i are successfully running the gallery uh without any issue and doing it quite well and bringing new aspects to the gallery and new new um perspectives that we gained out in the real world so to speak yeah, yeah. Plus, when a client comes in and says that they're interested in, in a painting uh, sometimes people don't know what they're what they're really interested in, and my sister's CIA trained in body reading body language, so she's able to to say, "Oh, okay, this is not what you're interested in. Let me go over here with something else for you." 
Yeah. So it all works out. And that's what, and I, that's what I tell, I love mentoring teenagers. And I always tell teenagers, you know, your, your career path is not going to be, you know, you're not going to know it. It's going to have all sorts of twists and turns, but just because you start on one thing doesn't mean that it's not going to benefit something else. You know, you, you pick up skills yeah. and perspectives that you can apply anywhere, no matter what you do. So that's my biggest advice to young, young kids that come into the gallery. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That, that's so great. I, you guys keep, just surprising me. I mean, Julianne, I, I, as you're talking, I'm, I'm envisioning like the next Dan Brown novel, you know, the guy who wrote the Da Vinci Code. You're going to be like the next uh, Tom Hanks. Uh, yeah. You know, with all when I told my colleagues, I was that? going to, sorry, when I told my colleagues I was going into my family art gallery, they howled laughing. They said, oh yeah, the Russians are not, go they're going to think that's a cover for sure. Yeah. We're going from CIA to art gallery. <laughs> yeah, that's a cover. That's not yeah. real. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's awesome. Wow. All right. So how about, <laughs> oh how about mis misconceptions in your industry? <laughs> what do you hear that you can speak to? Yeah, my sister and I were talking about this. And the number one is that when an artist dies, the value skyrockets. That is the <laughs> biggest myth we encounter. It's just not true. It really? takes, uh, yeah, it takes a lot of effort. You know, there's millions of artists and, uh, you know, there's millions of new artists every day. So, you know, it takes a lot of effort to actually keep an artist's name in uh, in mm. Vogue, uh, you, you have to work with museums constantly. You have to get, you know, the art critics to continue to pay attention to them because uh, there's always someone new coming on the scene. So it actually takes yeah. a heck of a lot of effort to keep an artist's name in, um, uh, you know, in, in, in Vogue, as I said, like constantly yeah. uh, talked about in museums and books and magazines, um, keep keeping it up. Uh, uh, keeping interest in an artist's work. And plus, when an artist dies, there's no new work coming from the artist. That's it. <laughs> so you have, you know, you have the, the issue of uh, people who have seen the painting before, you know, over and over again, you know, uh, and so it actually is, it takes a great deal of effort to keep an artist going. And we deal with that all the time because we have been in business since 1964 and we've had a number of artists pass away during that time. And we do work with a number of estates. So um, we, we are um, working with museums all the time with getting shows for those artists, getting books published um, for the artists, getting it, getting it on the radar, keeping it on mm -hmm. the radar. So that's, I think the number one myth is that an artist dies and the work value will go up. Wow. Okay. So no incentive for you young artists listening to uh, fake a death just to get your <laughs> no. arts. All right. Keep at nope. It. Nope. Keep working. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. How about what are you guys doing outside of the business? What are you doing for fun? Uh, well, we do a lot of uh, work with nonprofits where we both serve on boards. Uh, my uh, board, my favorite board that I serve on is the Girl Scouts of Gulf Coast uh, Council. I was a Girl Scout growing up here. So I love the Girl Scouts. and I love serving on the board. Uh, so that's what I do um, outside with. Uh, and my sister also serves on boards. I'm on the Children's Museum of Naples, uh, Galazon oh, yeah. Children's Museum of Naples board. I was on the Naples Zoo board before that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we do outside of work. And uh, philanthropy is really important to us. Um, uh, we also raise a lot of money for children's art programs. My sister started um, a fund for our, our gallery, a donor advised fund with Southwest Florida Community Foundation. 
and that's um, specifically for children's art programs. And my sister and I host, um, uh, we've hosted about five or six, we've done five galas and where we actually pay for the gala, which is unheard of, but we pay for 100% of the gala. And then we um, collect, uh, we, we sell tickets. And so 100% of the ticket can go to the children's art programs. And so at that night, we, we give grants directly to the um, nonprofits that apply for grants for children's art programs. And usually we choose three a year and we're able to give the money at the gala because we know how much we made <laughs> from donations because we don't have to subtract any expense out because right. we actually we actually foot the bill for the entire event. And so we've raised over, I think, over 150,000 uh, for children's art programs all here locally. We, we've given to the, the Girl Scouts actually this this uh, this weekend at the Collier, um, the Collier Girl Scout House. They're going to have an art in the park day. That we're, at we're Park. at Camber Park that we're funding um, through this uh, this uh, program that that we that I, my sister actually had the idea to start it um, so I'm speaking for her but I think it was a great mm -hmm. idea and I, we love giving back to the community um, especially involving engaging children in art is really important to us. Wow, so I guess it's Again. kind of work related, but not. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys are just passionate about what you're doing and yes. and and you know helping. Uh, kids obviously because you know they are our future and uh you know it's i think which probably also drives you to, and, and if i'm not speaking in you know for you the right way let me know but it's I, my guess is in the educational system art is not really uh a focus uh it maybe yeah. doesn't get the time uh, i know it, uh, what have you found in, in yeah uh, unfortunately it has taken a back um, burner as um yeah. a stem uh, came about, but I really, we really advocate for STEAM, adding back in the art, because we see art being so beneficial for kids of all, all yeah. walks of life, um, you know, kids that uh, are at risk, um, it gives them mm. an opportunity to uh, create something, because if you learn to create, you're less likely to be destructive. Yeah. So the process of creating art is very beneficial. Another uh, area is for art therapy. We've done a lot with children's art therapy programs. And we've heard from these therapists that some of these kids can't communicate verbally. And yet when you put them in front of some kind of art, they can start communicating. Wow. And then and, and it really is huge insight. And the third area is just in general, art is so important for creative thought and, and yeah. uh, expanding the mind. And, and uh, you know, we can't have innovation in technology if we don't have creative thought. And that comes yeah. from learning art. So we see three very beneficial areas for our education. So that's why we, we push so hard on it. And the nonprofits can, can fill in where the schools don't. So like the Girl Scouts um, and, and other Youth Haven, David Grace Lawrence, Place. Grace Place, they all can step in mm -hmm. with art programs when the schools aren't. So there's, yeah. there's definitely avenues and that's where our fund helps. Wow. Good stuff. How about when it comes to a hardship life challenge, you know, looking back, uh, for you guys, what comes to mind a period of time that you, you know, went to a challenge and you got to the other side and you can now say it was actually a good thing. I'm better for it. I'm stronger. I learned some lessons. 2020. 
<laughs> so we we are a non-essential business as much as i think art is essential mm -hmm. and i we live yeah. surrounded by art and love art uh, we were deemed non-essential. So mm -hmm. there was actually a period of time when we weren't even allowed to go into our own business. What? It was the stay at home order. And uh, it, it, uh, so we weren't even allowed to step foot into our business. And then at some point we were allowed to go into our business, but we weren't allowed to have anyone come into the business. So during that time, um, we i we actually met clients outside the gallery you know just to make we were we do follow laws to the t we're very very honest yeah, and very yeah. so we um there i would just meet clients outside with paintings yeah, so i did yeah. that um i uh and and gradually as we were allowed to have uh, be open to the public um we still were extremely flexible with where people were comfortable with what they were what clients were comfortable with uh, for example, I had a client who uh, didn't want anyone else in the gallery at that at the same time. And it was even on a Saturday, which is typically pretty busy. But I just closed mm -hmm. the gallery for that client. And I, I, I turned away someone wanting to come in. I just explained to them, like, the, these people are concerned with COVID. They, they don't want anyone else in. Can you come back, you know, in 20, you know, 20, 30 minutes? Yeah. And sure enough, yeah. the, the other people came back. I mean, yeah. luckily, people are pretty understanding with it all. Yeah. But I think yeah. the big thing was learning flexibility, doing more with um, I learned how to Photoshop paintings into people's apartments and, and uh, people's uh. Uh, homes. So uh -huh. like I did that a few times, like I'd say, OK, take a picture of your, you know, the your dining room table with the wall behind. And I'd, I learned how to Photoshop a painting into the dining room so people wow. could see how it would look without me coming into the home. And then they can kind of make a little bit of a decision based on that. So um, picking up new skills like Photoshop and yeah. uh, we did a lot of uh, more web um, videos, YouTube videos uh, mm -hmm. and uh, trying to get better at that <laughs> too. But so mm -hmm. communicating, learning how to communicate with clients differently and approaching them uh, differently uh, and just being flexible with whatever our clients, whatever their comfort zone was. I was willing to to adapt to it, it yeah. and, and luckily being a small business we as a family business we can be really flexible like that good stuff man uh one thing you wish our listeners knew about harman meek gallery what would that be uh that we have a lot of artwork <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of times people come in and i do have a very big gallery i have about uh, 2,800 square feet. It's a big gallery. Um, and yeah. uh, I do have a lot of wall space, but I have, we have about 40 artists and uh, a th we probably have 2,000 works easily, probably more than that. We have wow. works in storage space. I works on, in on-site storage, off-site storage. We actually have two locations. Our second location is completely storage. So we have a lot of works. And I think the one thing that uh, people kind of expect today, like we're in such an on-demand instant world in society that people come into the gallery and they think, okay, I'm going to see everything at once. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I, what I wish uh, people would, would know is that art, the whole process of art buying, art collecting, it's a long process. We're, we're talking over you know, over time. <laughs> so, so when they come into the gallery, you might first come in and say, start, you know, get a feel for what artists you like. And then slowly, you know, it's always best to then make an appointment to see more works or we can bring works out to the place, but you're not going to come into the gallery and see everything at once in like 30 seconds. It's, it's much slower, gradual process. And we want people to collect 
works over years. This isn't an instant yeah. process. So it's it's slow. So that's the I guess the big thing is that when you come into the art gallery, slow down. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. so you thing. you have works in storage, mm -hmm. obviously works on display. Do you, do you then cycle them through? Oh it? sure, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have um we have shows throughout the season, yeah. um, they change every month. and they change every month. Uh, yeah. And uh, we also um, will have dedicated shows, like for example, Hunt Slonum is our most popular artist, so he has a dedicated solo show every year, um, and Maybe. he has for the past twenty six years. So wow, wow. Huh. Well, I know we have listeners who want to learn more, want to get in touch. Mm -hmm. What's the best way for them to do so? Well, stop by Harmony Gallery. We're yeah. on Twelfth Avenue South, three eighty two Twelfth Avenue South. You can also visit our, our website at harmonmeek.com. So uh, we're always friends. YouTube channel. Oh yeah, and we do have a YouTube channel. My sister just reminded. So we're on YouTube, we're on <laughs> Facebook, we're on Instagram. Uh, and we have our website. And of course, we love just you coming in and visit. I love to show um, everyone. I, I give curated tours to anyone who wants one. <laughs> and, and that's wow. free. Anyone's welcome. You don't have to pay to come into our gallery. And any, <laughs> any age, of course, we love children. Uh, there's uh, two. Uh, they have to children have to uh, find um, a painting they like and a painting they don't like in the gallery. So that's what oh, we ask children to do because it's important. Great. To, uh, for everyone to know that just because it's hanging in a gallery doesn't mean you have to like it. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, you guys are awesome. I really, really enjoyed uh, the conversation. Thank you for sharing Thank and you. making the time for it. Yeah. And good luck there. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. It was nice talking to you. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to goodneighborpodcast.com. That's goodneighborpodcast.com. Or call us at 239-224-4105.